What's up, church? I want to thank you for joining us uh, for a new word. Um, shout out to the South Plain Food Bank, uh, the Culver Foundation, uh, Merit Group, uh, Premetta Lubbock, and everybody that partnered with us as we were able to give back some food boxes to the Artemisia community um, here on this uh, on the 5th. A um, couple of things to be looking out for. On the 21st, we're going to be at Overton Park. That is on 14th and Avenue U, I believe. And we are going to be there at 2 o'clock for Haircuts and Hope. Um, giving back to the community uh, that's in that neighborhood. Also, the, the homeless, uh, haircuts, food, hygiene packets. Um, there's going to be a lowrider expedition. And just other things, man, going on. And so um, that's one way you can partner with us if you haven't already. We got... Always something cooking in the kitchen um, that you could join us and be serving to be an extension of God. And man, you, you, you'll be amazed by just how blessed you get uh, when you give, not only your time, uh, but just yourself into giving back and, and doing something that God has for you. But let's jump into today. I'm excited for today's uh, message because we live in a world that's always fighting for our attention. And man, it doesn't it know just how to get it. It seems like as soon as you lose interest, it creates a new way to try to draw you back in. You see it with fast food and with clothing brands. They do it all the time. They have new ads and commercials. But they're not the only one. Our enemy, the devil, who can't stand us, but also he can't leave us alone, is always looking for ways to take our attention off of God's truth and fill it with distractions. Today's message is called Take Notice. God wants us to be aware of the unaware leading us away from all the places everyone else is trying to make us be led. So let me pray, and then we'll jump into today's word found in Mark chapter 3. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. I, th I thank you for, uh, man, where they are at in life. Father, I know oftentimes we're not at a place that we want to be, um, but Father, I pray that they would see that where they're at currently is a place um, that has purpose. It is a place that you are refining. It is a place that they are growing, that you are strengthening, and that you're going to use to get them to an even better place, one that you've spoken over them and one that you've already given them a glimpse of what it's going to look like. So, Father, I just pray that, uh, man, we would be able to tune our ears to you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each one of us personally, uh, Jesus, that we would feel your presence and your love, and that we would all um, listen to this and listen to you. And man, that our faith would have grow stronger and we would be able to persevere in any challenges that we're currently going through or that may come ahead. And so, Father, we just thank you for today. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. So today's message is coming out of Mark chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Uh, man, it's a, it's a powerful story, but it's short. And uh, man, I'm excited to share it with you today. In verse 1, it says, Jesus went out to the synagogue again, and he noticed a man with a deformed hand. And since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. And so the man held out his hand and it was restored. At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Mm. That's a crazy story when you think about it. You know, Jesus sees this man, he heals him. 
Um, but what you see in this story is nobody went off praising. Nobody was like, oh, my gosh, look what Jesus did. Look what God did. What we see is people are like, what, man, what did Jesus just do? I know he didn't just do what I think he did. <laughs> and you see like a negative aspect to this. And I think that's the first takeaway for all of us is that looking for the wrong things makes you miss the right ones. Looking for the wrong things makes you miss the right ones. In verse 1, it says, Jesus went into the synagogue and noticed a man with a deformed hand. One thing you learn about Jesus when you're reading the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is no matter where Jesus went or what he was doing, he never lost sight of what was most important in the moment. He went to the synagogue, and usually when he goes, he, he's going to pray, right? He's going to preach. He's going to share a word that God has given him, maybe read the scripture and talk about it. But on this day, the first thing that he noticed was a man with a deformed hand. Have you ever been in pain, been hurting, and had someone notice, give you their time, their attention for that moment? Isn't it powerful what being noticed can do for a person? The same can be true for being overlooked. It's not easy to share your struggles with someone else and when no one notices you, you never get a chance to pour out all that's been building up. And that's a dangerous place for any person, believer or not. We all long to be noticed. Well, church, I have something for you today. God wanted me to let you know. Okay, I don't know who this is for, but I know this is for somebody that you are not overlooked. He knows you've been fighting the battle for quite a while. And you've had moments that you feel like, man, this is never going to end. But God wanted me to tell you, you're noticed. He is present and it's coming to a close. See, that's the goodness of God. No matter what we are, where we are, what we're doing in this life, no matter even what God has on his plate, he wants us to know that he notices us, that he wants to be a part of our life. And sometimes as believers, man, we have our sights on the wrong things, missing those around us who are supposed to be noticing and helping. In verse 2, you see it. Since it was a Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Mm. You can have your eyes fixed on Jesus and your motives fixed on yourself, missing what's most important. They were more concerned about doing the things the way that they believed God wanted them done, forgetting that God does whatever he wants. We can't keep God in a box. We can't keep the way he wants to reach people in a box. If we get upset over God reaching someone opposite of what we are used to or not how we expect, then we really should be upset with ourselves. If Jesus tells us, hey, man, come to me how you are, but we're telling other people, hey, before you come into church, before you join us, you have to come this way, then what message are we really sending to anyone who doesn't know him? Well, I don't care if Jesus told this man. It's on the Sabbath. Something needs to be done. Yeah. We need to get our priorities straight. It takes more than focusing on Jesus to be living like Jesus. It takes more than coming to church on a Sunday to be being the church. Having the head knowledge that is never lived out, never applied in our life, is like reading a cookbook and still getting the recipe wrong. Because instead of following the instructions, you're trying to do things your way and wondering why it came out bad. See, that's what looking for the wrong things will always do. It'll make you miss the right ones. They were looking to get Jesus in trouble instead of looking to help the person in need. If we read, we study, we pray about loving our neighbors, but we get home and never talk to our neighbors, never do anything to interact with our neighbors, don't even know our neighbors at all, then are we really loving our neighbors? Are we missing opportunities that God keeps putting on our path because we're looking at the wrong things? Church, that's something I think we all need to become aware of because too many times that's the truth. 
We were focused on this one thing. We're like, man, Jesus said to do this, but we end up always doing the complete opposite and then wondering why. Well, Jesus, I thought you said this. And he's like, well, yeah, but you didn't follow what I said. You kind of did your own thing again. <laughs> I get it. It's hard. It's frustrating. It's not easy. Uh, but that happens to all of us. Okay, None of us are uh, bulletproof from it. And you're probably like, well, you know, I don't, I just don't like to be noticed. I don't want people, you know, I, man, I'm an introvert. Yeah, I get that. Okay. But I want you to hear me today. I want you to take this away. The intention is his. The intention is his. And it always is. In verse three, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. Hmm. You're probably like, oh, that's not me. Okay. I know a lot of us being in front of people is not an easy thing. When I was younger, I had to give a speech at, at the school district, and they say, Fern, we want you to give this speech. And I was like, cool. And they're like, all right, we're going to send you to this place. And it was a big room. They're at the school district. There's cameras. There's lights. There's all this stuff. And I was like, oh, Lord, man, what did I get into? I said, nah, I'm good. I hated it, man. I saw myself, never again am I going to be in front of a crowd like that having to talk. Well, you see how well that worked out for me, right? And it becomes even harder when you're put in front of everybody because you have a need or you're going through something. I mean, the truth is, none of us want to stand out for the wrong reasons. I get it. But it's uncomfortable. And we have to get to understanding that in those moments will come. That God doesn't allow you to go through tough times and seasons of comfort if it doesn't have a greater purpose. Because what you go through, God will grow you through. And he's trying to do a work that goes beyond you and touches our life. So I get in the moment that everybody will be looking at you, but he's really trying to get their attention and focus on him. And when you have a relationship with God, whether you have a need or you're meeting a need, uh, sometimes he's going to put you in the front. OK, and, and you're like, man, but I don't you know, I don't do this for the camera. I don't do it for the light. Man, I get all that. OK, but sometimes God does that because he's trying to make sure that what happens can't be debunked and that everybody can be a witness to see just how powerful he is, how much that he loves us and how he really is. You might have been like, man, God, I needed your help, but you don't want to share it. And then he finally gives you the curse to speak up. And then what happens? Bam, your knee gets met, right? Or you're like, God, use me. And he keeps putting these paths and all these different opportunities, but you keep missing them because you're like, oh, I don't want to be used that way, though. I'm good. And you're like playing the background. And you then you go around like, man, I don't know, God. Why come you won't be using me? God is saying, look, man, I called you to be a light, a light in this world, not a motion detector that goes off every once in a while. It's going to be okay, okay? You might get some attention that maybe you're not used to being in front, whether you have a need or you're serving for God. But remember always that it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. And the attention is always his. Verse four, it says, then he turns to his critics and asks, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. Hmm. Man, I get it. Not everyone is going to understand why you do what you do. You will always have critics that don't get it. They question your motives. They try to paint a picture um, that of what you're really focused on and, and you know, try to say things with, that you never said. And that's okay, okay? Expect it to happen no matter the setting, no matter who you are, no matter where you're going through. And what did Jesus do when it happened to him? He said, oh, they tripping on me. They questioning what God told me to do? Okay, just because it didn't fit their expectations? And then he asked them about it. They didn't respond. They didn't have a word. If you're doing what God asked you to do, then you have the approval of the only critic that matters. Just because he didn't share with others what he shared with you doesn't mean you're wrong for being obedient when others don't understand it. 
Of course they don't. It wasn't for them. It was for you. He talked to you. He gave you the assignment. He gave you that word. So of course they're not going to get it. Okay? It's all right. It's good. Don't worry about it. The disciples went through this in Acts 4 when they were arrested for telling others about Jesus and healing a man who was lame for 40 years. They had been beaten and tried, and, and they finally got to the point where they were like, man, this is, this is ridiculous. And in verse 19, it says this, Peter and John said, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Because when we're being questioned, we're under ridicule, we have to remind ourselves, if God told me to do it, then I'm doing all that matters. He is asking you to do it for a reason. And sometimes it's because others are focused on the wrong things. They haven't been doing what they're supposed to, and God is trying to bring back everyone's attention back on him. Because remember, the attention is his. So you're like, okay, I get that attention is his. You know, I don't want to look at the wrong things so I can make sure I'm looking at the right things and doing the right things. And here's the even harder part. Be persistent despite resistance. Okay, we got to be persistent despite resistance. In verse 5, it says, He looked around at them angrily. It was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. I get it. It's natural for our emotions to go through the motions, right? When we're in a position where we're doing something, where we're experiencing these things, it's not easy. Sometimes it can be frustrating, man. Sometimes it can even hurt you. The things that people say, because uh, oftentimes there are people that you love, that you care about, you value their opinion, and they don't even understand sometimes the things that you're doing. But let me be very clear about this. Don't let your emotions keep you from your obedience. Don't let your emotions keep you from your obedience. Remember, it's bigger than you. And God is asking you to be an extension of him to someone who's been waiting. Someone's been praying, God, send me a sign, help me. And he's like, you know what? I got my brother and sister right here that I want to use. And he's asking you to be that. When we were all that person at one point who was making Jesus angry, we were the opposite. We were the one frustrating them. We were the one with the hard hearts. We were the one being resistant. But get, what did God do? Despite our rejection, despite our resistance, he kept being persistent, loving us and giving us his son despite something that we didn't deserve. That's unconditional love that we can, that we are supposed to express to others now that we have received it. Because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve him to send his son to sacrifice his life for us. And then the free gift of salvation by believing and trusting in him. But that's exactly what God did. And that's exactly what can happen when you are persistent despite resistance. And amazing things come from it. Jesus told the story about persistence in Luke 18. And man, it's, it's one of that's always good and funny to me. Uh, starting at verse 1, it says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to share that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have been faithful? Hmm. That's a good story right there. Jesus is saying, look, 
I'm a way maker. I can clear a path. But life is always going to have challenges. And there's going to be times that you're tested. And it's going to display your faith. And it's going to be used to grow your faith. And in these moments, it's not a time to give up and retreat. It's a time to press forward. And not be discouraged by what comes against you. Because nothing is ever greater than me. If I lead you to it, I'm going to see you through it. You grow through what you go through. Let me say that again. You grow through what you go through. A lot of times when I was younger, I was like, man, all I want to do is win. I'm not trying to take any losses. But God quickly changed me and showed me that, man, losses ain't bad at all because losses become lessons. Because you grow through what you go through. And you can't experience breakthrough without continually applying pressure to press through. Amen? In verse 6, it says that once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. You might read that and not think much of it, but I want to make something clear um, that sometimes we forget and sometimes we let it consume us. You can't make everybody happy. And here's the kicker to it. And it's not your job to. If you spend all your energy trying to please everybody, you're going to end up burnt out and displeased with yourself. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be mindful that it's okay to have haters, people against you when you're never against them, only doing what your father asks. You're not the first person who went through it. Jesus went through it. The disciples went through it. People will come after you are going to go through it, but life goes on. At least you won't have to carry around the bitterness and the hate for something that you don't understand. We have to release it and know that God will receive it and you won't have to retrieve it. Okay? Not everybody's going to be happy and that's okay. So my challenge for all of us this week, press on. We got to press on, church. We got to keep going with it. And you're like, oh, man, it's so difficult, though. I get it. But it starts with this. We got to replace the noise with God's truth. You see, because it's not enough that we just remove the lies of the enemy. They remove the lies that we tell ourselves. We got to remove that noise, right? But if we don't replace it with God's truth, we're always going to find new junk to fill it up with. So we got to start there. We got to replace the noise with God's truth so that way you can be standing on firm footing. And then we got to do the hard part. Well, another hard part. It's all hard, right? We got to do what's asked. We got to be obedient, right? Despite our emotions, despite the resistance, despite what somebody said, despite understanding. And at the end of the day, just do what he's telling you to do because there's always something greater that's going to come from it. And it even might feel like a small act, but you never know how he's going to use that for a day in advance or, or, or a day that he's preparing you for. So just do what he's telling you to do. There's purpose in it. And the last thing is let him take care of the haters, okay? Just let go of it. God's going to take care of it. Release it to him. Not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody's going to agree. Not everybody's going to like it. But it don't matter because it's not for them. It's for you. Amen? So church, let's continue to press on. This past week, man, I, I was experiencing this myself that Ah, man, I feel like it happens all the time that I'm giving messages where I'm having to go through what I'm talking about. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to pray for all these churches and these pastors. And so I'm, I'm texting, I'm calling, I'm messaging all these people and I'm doing that. Man, the next day I woke up, your boy was sick, man. I was throwing up. The boy had diarrhea. I couldn't keep anything down. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything, Lord. I'm, I'm good. And then I was reminded about everything that I'm talking about in this message. And I was like, no, you know what? This is an attack from the enemy. But my God says that he's faithful, you know, that there's nothing greater than him. And so, you know what? Yes, I don't feel great. Yes, this is difficult. I'm still going to go to work. I'm still going to do all those things that I told God that I was going to do. And so I did it. Whether anybody understood it, whether they liked it or not, I said, you know what? I have to press on. And church, that's what I want to encourage you. It's not going to always be easy. And I want to let you know that because 
Too many times we sugarcoat things to make it seem like everything's going to be gravy. Well, it's not, okay? But if you press on, man, I promise you, and I, I, you will experience how good and how great it is and, and just how rewarding it is for pressing on and experiencing God in new ways and seeing the, the abundance of his hand and the riches of his glory on your life, church. Man, that's irreplaceable. That's priceless. And so I encourage you to press on this week. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters today, Lord, and I pray whatever challenges or obstacles they face, Lord, um, that they wouldn't let them uh, affect it, their obedience in whatever you're asking of them, Lord. And even when people don't understand it, even when they face resistance, um, Father, they would continue to press on and do what they know pleases you most, uh, Father, because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. And we know that when we do that, you're going to use it for a greater purpose. It's going to overflow into other people's lives. And it's going to even enrich our own life, Lord. And so just, Father, man, really help us focus on what's most important and not miss and be looking at the wrong things or being distracted uh, by the things that are coming against us. Help us focus on you during these storms and continue to press on and continue to fight the good fight. And so, Holy Spirit... Uh, man, I pray that you minister to people's hearts and, and their minds tonight, that you would just equip them and empower them for this week, and that, Jesus, you would lead the way in all of our lives so we would continue to press on and run the good race, and knowing that we are in a marathon and that the marathon continues. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. God bless y'all. I pray y'all have a great week. Of course, if y'all uh, want to serve with us, y'all want to got prayer, you got a need, you got family members, anything, whatever the case may be, you can always contact us and let us know. We would love to hear from you. And uh, if you're looking to join us for in-service, man, let us know. We also have some other things that work. Uh, but as always, have a great week. I love y'all. God bless y'all. And until next week, catch y'all later. Bye.